0: to finish the film? Because if so, you're in the right place, listening to America's most film school-ass podcast, The Pod People, and that's only kind of a joke. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I'm redefining the genre.
1: I'm Ben Sheets, and I don't know if you guys heard, but I am, for the third year in a row, the number one salesman for Verizon Wireless, the number one carrier for ghosts and ghouls. They can go online and check their favorite websites like uh, BooTube and Facebook, and, of course, check Gmail. Uh, and we all know what Gmail stands for. Ghost mail. Ghost mail? Uh, grave and Tick Counters 2 mail.
2: Oh! Hello.
1: Oh!
2: Hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier and I'm lost in the back rooms.
0: Well, unfortunately, we were... Uh, going to be joined tonight by a guest, our resident Grave Encounters expert, uh, Jans Holstrom. But unfortunately, uh, he had something much more pressing come up very last minute, so he is not uh, he's not with us tonight. But it is important that we start this episode by declaring strongly what Jan stands for, which is that Grave Encounters is real. Not the second one, though.
2: Well, he is he is running on a platform. He is running for mayor of Oklahoma on that uh, on that same platform.
0: So. The Grave Encounters is real, but not the second one. Platform. Yes. Yes. So, uh, oh oh shit! Well, election day was a couple of weeks ago. Damn. Fuck.
2: No, he's well. just starting early.
0: Oh, okay. He's getting. He's ready for twenty twenty four. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's that's a really good campaign strategy is just being super obnoxious about your platform like as soon as you can. That's true. Yeah, that's what most people... poli- that's
1: what that's what most politicians do. Yeah. Get people exhausted on it early.
2: Yeah. yeah well, really I know
0: I know that in twenty twenty two I'll be committing voter fraud in the state of Oklahoma by voting for Jans Holstrom of the Grave Encounters Israel, but not the second one party. For a graver encounter tomorrow,
1: I already have uh, my three thousand ballots ready to go.
0: Oh yeah, ben oh sheet yeah, baby. Sheets. I'm writing them out by hand right now. Um, well, we've we've uh, I think given away what we're talking about tonight. Uh, is grave encounters two. This was Cleveland's Cleveland's pick for the year of the sequel. Uh, maybe our final year of the sequel pick.
1: Yeah. I have one pick, and there's one on more the schedule. Yeah,
0: but uh, yeah, we we're, we're talking about Grave Encounters two, the sequel to Grave Encounters, which we talked about like two years ago, I think, almost, which was a found footage horror film uh, created, written, and directed by the Vicious Brothers, Stuart Ortiz and Colin Minahan. Uh, they only wrote this one. They didn't direct it. It was directed by uh, John Poliquin, um, who has not done anything else of note. Wait, um, do we have
2: Yon's on for the first one?
0: We sure did. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't think it was two years ago.
0: I think it was. We were still in our old... In Ben and I were still living in our old apartment. If it wasn't in... 2020 than it was in very early 2021. So,
2: yeah well, I want to say it would probably, not, but it doesn't matter. But
0: it's 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 been a while. It's definitely been a while. Um, I I have seen Grave Encounters two before, but not since like 2012. I want to say, which is when it came out. Um, I remember watching Grave Encounters one and two. I think the same day on Netflix um, back back in 2012. And I, uh, I did not really remember this movie at all. And after watching it again, that makes perfect sense because it's not a very memorable movie.
1: You know, it kind of reminded me of uh, Blair Witch Two in some ways. Well, yeah. Oh. I mean, it takes it takes Blair. the same.
0: It's it's better than Blair Witch Two, oh, sure. But Most, but it is uh, the same sort of conceit it's a very meta film where it's sort of like oh yeah the this movie grave encounters exists in the real world but what if it was actually real and not just a movie we're gonna make a documentary to find out and and that's that's it and then most of the movie is basically just uh just grave encounters one again but kind of more
1: annoying Yeah, I mean, the characters in general in this one are even more unlikable than the first one. Yes, very much so. To the point where they're pretty annoying. I think the main character, especially, is uh, annoying. He has this kind of goth Edward Cullen, early Robert Pattinson look to him.
0: He's got serial killer eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well I mean this is uh our our protagonists in this one are film students. The main character is like uh, uh he's that film student who wants to reinvent the horror genre, take horror back to its roots, cause horror movies these days suck. There's a lot of uh a lot of people like this dude. This is a very familiar dude. Uh yeah. Ben and I went to school with went to film school with a lot of people like this dude. Not that many wrong turns could have made me this dude, um, <laughs> but he's he's very very obnoxious. Yeah. I it, it makes it a, a a difficult character to engage with because he's so fucking annoying. Were y'all ever and, messaged
2: by a ghost in film school?
0: Uh, no, I was never messaged by a ghost in film school. I, I was
1: I was sexted by a, a ghost at one point, but. Oh, I don't word? want to talk about that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty uh, ghoulish. Yeah. It's um, not a mutual
2: at least. That's good.
1: Well, was it mutual?
2: Damn.
1: Well, I I don't want to talk about it, okay? Yeah, it, was a, it, was, it, was, it was a bad time. Let's yeah, we, just, we don't, we we did don't
2: did want to lines of consent. That's, yeah, that, that's important. Um. Well, alright. Let's just say lost? it wasn't
1: Casper the Friendly Ghost.
2: Oh, but the Holy Ghost? It was Dick. That's a Bootsy Collins joke. Anyway. It's, a, it's um, a
1: ghost full of holes.
2: Did you take a look under their sheet? Alright, I'm moving on. Uh is there a uh, what what were we what the fuck were we talking about? Um characters. Yeah, yeah Grave Encounters 2.
0: Right. I'm kinda I'm kinda floundering. I was expecting Yans to sort of lead this discussion <laughs> since he um... uh you know <laughs> like, when we recorded the Grave Encounters episode, he was talking about how he was getting ready to interview uh, the oh, Vicious yeah, like Brothers about right. Grave Encounters yeah. too. Yeah. So I was really... I was going into this really
1: leaning heavily on letting him talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, well, I will but, say, uh, character-wise, uh, that main character has a foil in his roommate who's the uh, epitome of stoner character.
2: Yeah. He's, uh, he's he was, like the main character frankly i find him to be a lot more enjoyable and uh and entertaining he's
0: also obnoxious yeah well he's he's more benign he's just kind of the the dumb the dumb stoner character who's behind the camera
2: it's funny because like you say he's less obnoxious because you're right um but he's written as the obnoxious one (laughs) like he's supposed to be the character who is like obnoxious and you can't wait to die but frankly he's just like such a goofball about it that like you almost like don't hate him for it, you know. Yeah, like, I mean,
1: yeah. And uh, what one of the introductory scenes with him is him sexually assaulting his uh his roommate and
2: friend. Well, and, yeah. I mean,
0: you know, that's true. Yeah, uh, at the party, to, he takes pictures of him teabagging him while he's passed out drunk. on Facebook.
2: Like, I'm not defending it. Like, you shouldn't do that, but.
0: Um I mean the balls are on his face. He is teabagging him.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that's not great. Um I'm
0: posting
1: it on Facebook publicly.
2: Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. For sure. But I wanna fix him. I think uh <laughs> <laughs> I can I don't
0: think you can, but he's dead.
2: It is worth mentioning, uh that uh he the actor uh is very much still alive and uh doing um uh, and plays, and he plays one of the the hockey players on Letterkenny, and it was wild seeing him in this because that movie came out like nearly a decade ago, and he hasn't aged a day. He looks the exact same in that in that movie as he does on Letterkenny. I, I like that actor, and it was it was nice seeing him in something else. I, I feel that way anytime I see anyone from the cast of Letterkenny. They're all they're all fantastic.
1: One thing I wanted to talk about with that character is his student film that he's creating. Because we only get a brief clip of it. Oh, you mean the main character? No, the stoner character.
2: The stoner guy, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, he's editing it on his computer, and we get a brief clip, and it's like the weed life in Comic Sans with, like, bad clip (laughs) art of marijuana leaves and smoke. Um, I just thought that was we get a...
0: (laughs) Uh, We get a a, a very brief scene of him just walking around the college campus recording, walking up to people asking if they have marijuana, which is (laughs) like the most which is like the most cop way you can go about getting weed is like walking up to somebody with your with your fucking phone out recording, be like, hey, fellow kids, do you have any marijuana so I can get high, please?
2: Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. No like, office, total, total cop energy, walking around. Hey guys, you got some weed? But it is, it is a really funny bit. Like I do, I do like you know that that part of the movie. Yeah,
1: I will say I'd much rather watch his student film than the student film the main character was making. Oh my god! That. Yeah,
0: that is you know one of my one of my bigger problems with this movie is that I feel like it doesn't have the same kind of sense of humor that the first one does. Um. It's. It feels like a little bit more serious, a little more uh, grave, if you'll if you'll allow me oh, that. that. Um, but but the 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 bit of the protagonist like student film that we get to see is like one of the main parts where i do feel like that sort of sense of humor that the original has coming through a little bit because like when he's drunk at the party he keeps talking about how he's going to like redefine the horror genre and talking about like how much modern horror sucks cuz it's all like quick cuts and jump scares and cg and not practical and stuff you know being being very snobby uh not unlike ourselves uh at times but then we see like the film that he's working on and it's like the hokiest most generic shitty uh like teen slasher movie you could possibly imagine with like big nods to like saw and shit like that and i
1: i thought that was really great no, yeah, I really love uh, the scene where the jock character gets killed, and he's standing up, and his head just falls off. And then after that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of the yeah, crew then they members, call Yeah, one of the crew members asks, like, "Why is the dude standing if he's dead with his head cut off?"
0: yeah like if his head's cut off like he wouldn't still be standing up it doesn't really like make sense and the and the the protagonist is just like oh no man that'll be a great jump scare like everybody's gonna love that it's like after earlier in the movie he's talking shit about like cheap jump scares and it's also like not even a jump scare
2: i think part of it is like uh, your a moment ago you said like it it's not as like funny it's more grave than grave uh the, the original grave encounters and I agree. Um and it it's interesting too because in concept and in some execution like it it feels very much in the spirit of grave encounters. Um and you know they're pushing for the same thing and they're doing that same but different bit, right? Like he's also like kind of a fake like um the 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 main character of of the original. And um but where this one fails, and the original succeeds, is that the original Grave Encounters is very to the point They get into the building from the outset. Um, the movie yeah. actually starts with just that brief moment of them talking about finding the footage, and then we're right into it and they're they're there they're on the scene and they're filming uh their their episode of Grave Encounters. Any of the exposition is done already in the story like we get to learn who these characters are through their interactions with like the current plot and it makes it a lot more enjoyable it's
0: very no nonsense and i think what what is like really effective about the original one too is that it. It has a really good sense of humor in the fact that it's, like, parodying those, uh like, Discovery exactly. Channel, like, ghost hunting shows, like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures and, like, Zach Bagans kind of shit, you know? But what makes it interesting is that it starts out with these, like, very exaggerated, like, sort of dumb, goofy characters that are parodying something in real life, and then watching all of that kind of unravel once they get into like the like genuinely haunted spooky asylum and stuff like that's what's really cool about grave encounters is like watching that kind of corny facade dissolve into something more raw and sort of real and this movie doesn't really have that in the same way like you're right that the protagonists are like Kind of comparable because they're both sort of frauds, but like the Lance Preston character in the original is, I think, so much more of an endearing fraud than the obnoxious film bro in this movie is. Like, I don't find I I don't find this character endearing at all. Like, I think he's just an obnoxious little shit who's like not particularly good to his friends or like the people who are helping him. And, yeah, he, like straight yeah, up just... his
2: girlfriend at the time, you know, or the girl that like thinks he's cute, and that was yeah, that was, that was kind of a bummer. And you're right, like Lance Preston, the worst thing that he does in the original is uh, well, he's well, there's two things really. One, he he bribes the gardener, but even that is funny, and uh, and two, like it shows that like he's just kind of desperately trying to make his show happen, right? Um, yeah, but yeah. like, still, it's coming from like a point of like investment and care. Uh, even though like it is, it's a shitty thing to do, but it is pretty funny. And I mean, the gardener's getting paid, right? Like, who cares? Go yeah, like he's home. he's and, uh, he's
0: endearing. He's endearing in the same way that Zach Bagans is endearing. Who's like he's sort of a, a a dumb loser, but like he takes what he's doing very seriously. And there's something like funny and charming about him walking into these like supposedly like, famous haunted places and, like, threatening to beat up the ghosts and being like, come out and fight me, bro. You know? And it's like, I feel like the first Grave Encounters captures that same energy perfectly. Yep. That is just, like, missing from this one. Like, it's trying to capture, like, a different personality type and i think it does like a decent job of portraying like an obnoxious film student but the problem is is like those type of people aren't fun to watch they're annoying to be around you know
2: yeah it's like the joke can be that they're annoying but at the end of the day you still have to like suffer them
0: there's gotta there's gotta be another character who. Is like a stand-in for the audience kind of who is like rolling their eyes at the shitty, annoying film student sort of pretensions. Yeah. A straight man, yeah. Something somebody Mm -hmm. somebody somebody that the audience can connect with. Mm -hmm. And that is missing.
2: Why can't it be a gay man? You know? Fucked up.
0: Oh man. Facts, preach. Go off King. I will. You're so right.
2: Yeah. Well, and oh. uh, that brings us to the real strong point of this mm-hmm. film, and that is it does pick up again when we finally are, spoiler alert, reintroduced to Lance Preston, <laughs> and they bring him yeah. back. Like, uh, well, this time
1: around, he plays Rickety Cricket.
2: Yes, that's true. Um, I think we had actually mm-hmm. mentioned that in the, on the, 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 the Grave Encounters episode, too, though I had not seen this one yet. He just is Rickety Cricket in this one um so for for the listeners uh essentially
0: like late late season late season rickety, late season rickety cricket rickety, yeah
2: um uh for the listeners they they finally track down the asylum it takes
0: track- them way too long to get there in it the takes.
2: movie that's way, another way problem. It takes to way
0: too long to get there. And we
2: have to suffer through these characters the whole time. Um, and there's this whole series of events uh, that I don't really care to fully work through. But um, they get there, and sure enough, they're trapped inside again. It's just like last time, and...
0: They literally just do grave encounters again.
2: Yeah, they just do grave encounters again, and then, finally, they find Lance Preston. And uh, he has somehow been living within this House of Leaves insane asylum from the spirit realm for the past ten years, and he looks like Rickety Cricket from the latter uh, end of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is just hilarious. On every level, it's funny. His wig is, like, very... He's clearly he's very clearly wearing a wig. He's trying to do the emaciated like Smeagol kind of thing um, to show that he's been starved and feasting off of rats, but the the actual actor has taken very good care of himself and he's cut as hell. So he like in very good have, like, a shape six pack he doesn't look like sickly at all.
0: I know. was saying it's because he's been ru- it's because he's been running around the asylum on all fours, which really engages your core that's so that's how he is that's how he's, Man, that's how he's kept that's he how he's helped. kept such uh such tight abs
2: <laughs> that's right I'm telling you if I could focus on a per- an exclusively rat based diet and get abs like that, I'd do it. Well, it's, it's, it's not, it's, uh, see, it's see, it's not maybe. just
0: it's not just the rats. It's you gotta you gotta commit to eating only rats and only running around on all fours like Gollum. Um, if you do those two things, you know rats are very low fat. It's very lean meat. There's not a whole lot of meat on there. You know, it's like all protein and parasites. So it's very slimming. And then if you just go everywhere on all fours. You're constantly engaging your upper body and your core muscles uh and I think you'll find the results are uh are really astonishing yeah I
2: think
1: the secret too is the uh the rats have actually been snacking on creatine so uh, oh, creatine of rats them. yeah yeah the,
0: the spirit the spirit this asylum is like the whole thing is that like it's like uh it's like a blending, it's like a vortex where like the real world and the spirit world meet. And what they don't tell you actually is that the spirit world is very
1: rich in creatine. Well um, the thing we have to so... we have to recognize is uh, that Dr. Friedkin in addition to testing on humans, he was also trying to make rats as swole as possible.
2: Yes. So That's
0: right. I... I so he's re- he's just been injecting them with creatine and performance enhancing drugs. Um, do y'all no, do you heard... think do you think Doctor Friedkin is? Do y'all think that's a William Friedkin reference? Do you think that's why they did that?
2: So Probably. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, I never noticed this in the first grave encounters, but in the second, when they refer to him as Doctor Friedkin. They they're usually they're already like deep in the asylum at this point and running around and like half out of breath and scared. So they always like say it really fast, and it always to me it sounds like they're saying Doctor Freakin.
0: Oh, he's he's Doctor Freakin Scary, yeah, fucking,
3: scary.
2: <laughs> um, fucking really nasty ghost man. Yeah, we don't we don't see too much of Doctor Doctor Freakin.
0: What do you mean? We one, we really? see we see more of him in this one than we do in the first one. Really? There's the whole scene where they're hiding in like the closet while they're watching him and all the ghost nurses sacrifice oh, yeah. a baby to Satan.
2: I yeah, guess we, we, we see them do that in the original too well yeah, i mean he shows, he, up, he shows up, shows up at, at the, the very,
0: very end. end at the very end in the original after he's been mentioned a couple of times he shows up at the very end and he gives uh lance preston the lobotomy which uh he's somehow recovered from in this movie
1: yeah. um it's all the he's had to,
0: he's had um, to oh yeah yeah for sure <laughs> he's had 10 oh. years to get over the lobotomy with creatine rats
1: well, yeah, and in this movie, instead of at the very end, it's like 15 minutes before the end.
0: Yeah, and then they oh. they they just kind of run away from him and leave that part of the the asylum, and then he's never he, he doesn't cool. show up again after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it seems cool. like pretty easy to get up, pretty easy to get away from him, actually, because like. Really, the nurses just kind of do the, the scary, the grave encounters face. You know, the one. Um, and yeah, then they the run away.
1: wide mouth.
0: Yeah, the big, the big wide mouth. Um, and then they run away. And uh, those, those characters don't show up again for the rest of the movie.
1: In yeah. general, what did you guys think of the pacing of this movie? Because that brings up a good question with uh
0: ter- you know. terrible frankly. I yeah. I really I really think the pacing of this movie is bad Don't because it takes them way too it takes them way too long to get to the asylum cuz we've already talked about like how sort of annoying our core cast of characters are for the most part and there's so much shit with them dicking around with like getting sent uh YouTube comments by ghosts and whatever that are telling them that <laughs> grave encounters is real and then going to like the The mother of the actor who plays Lance Preston and like trying to interview her, and then the ghost on YouTube telling them to come to the asylum and they finally get they don't get to the asylum well, no, they like go 20 to
1: minutes. the dude goes to l a first to oh God yeah, the to, music video. to
0: ambush to Ambush the producer. Who shows up at the beginning of the first grave encounters to be like, "Oh yeah, I'm the producer of grave encounters," and they disappeared doing this, and he and he goes and sort of like ambushes him and is wearing like a hidden camera like in one of the buttons on his shirt and gets the producer to admit like oh yeah they uh they never came back from that asylum but we found the tapes and i was going to go bankrupt cuz of such and such so i decided to release it and pretend it was a movie and then it was just all fake even though it was actually real so then our protagonist is like well we got to go to the asylum and we gotta find out what happened. But then when they get there, finally when they get there, like forty minutes into the movie, then it just starts doing the same shit that Graving the First Grave Encounters does, but worse. And they're all the characters are surprised by it for some reason. Because they go there under the pretenses that Graven the first Grave Encounters is real, but then when they get into the asylum and find that it, like, traps them in there and they can't get out, and that there's, like, ghosts doing the grave encounter's face at them. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening.
1: It's funny, they act like they're so prepared for it. Like, they're like, we have glow sticks that we're gonna drop on the ground. We're yeah. ready.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we're 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 ready. We have glow sticks, and we also brought air horns. So if we get separated, we can toot them and see where other people are. I thought that was kind of funny. And then yeah. like one of the times where like one of the girls, like the goth girl, that is one of the one of the like cool like uh, sort of like editing tricks that I like is when they're like running down the hall and she turns a corner. And then the rest of them turn the corner and right where she went is just a wall. And then they can like sort of hear like an air horn blowing like way off in the distance. I thought that sequence was kind of was was kind of uh, well done. I, I um, like everything
2: with the goth girl. I, I like um, her her kill sequences is, is 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 all right. You know um, with, when she gets yeah. like, by the ghost yeah. and, and dragged away. Like I, I like the blood coming out of her eyes and ears like and nose like that was that was cool. You know, you get the sense that you're just like pressurized or bodied by this this creature. Yeah, um, but,
0: and I will say, like the kills are much, fine.
2: Yeah, it's it's a much better shot sequence than like the guy getting hit by the ghost grenade in the first one. I think I think that was a, I was watching it with uh, Ted and Yawns and a few other my other coworkers in chat at the top of this week. We uh, we 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 did the the first and second one back to back, so I got to watch the first one again and kind of recap, which was nice. But um. Uh yeah, I think that was Ted who referred to it as a as a ghost grenade in the first movie when the guy gets hit by the weird explosion and fl- flies down the hall, and it looks really cheap. But it, there's I will say though that like at least the cheapness is, is like kind of fun, and uh it, it it gets a giggle out of me every time. Whereas like this one where she gets like kind of crushed or whatever is it's it's cool and it is better done, but I don't I don't know if it's much fun though. You know?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, I just what? don't have any attachment to these characters. No. Yeah. So her, her death. death so so her good. death. Her, I don't feel anything from her death. Agreed. Agreed. I think back to the scene in like the first grave encounters, where like the the fraud psychic, who's like one of my favorite yeah, characters, I like am. the the dude, the old dude in the leather jacket with like the frosted tips and stuff. Like the sequence where like he's lost his flashlight. Or whatever, and we've got like the the static camera like in the hall and him sort of like feeling his way down the hall in the complete darkness and then he like gets fucked up by a ghost. Like I, I like that sequence in the in the original. And I don't there's I don't think there's anything in this movie that really feels quite like that. There's a the dude who gets thrown out of the window up at the top, which is like, I guess kind of Shocking, I guess. Like it's very, it's very abrupt. But it was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, it's just the duty gets, it's it's just just the duty gets thrown out of a window.
2: Because we do see him like on top of the car when they leave the asylum.
0: Later, Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, when they, when they think, when they think they leave the asylum, I will say that's that is one of the one of the sort of like twists that this film does that i do sort of like still that. enjoy yeah it's is, like the really f- love that the fake mm-hmm. the fake escape from the asylum like they finally find like the door out and they run out and they see their friend's body on like the security guard's car after he's fallen from like the the top floor, and they drive, they get they get back to their car, and they drive all the way back to the hotel, and they pack up their stuff, and they're getting ready to head back to uh, to their city or their college or whatever, and they take the elevator down, and when it gets to the bottom floor, it opens, and they're in, the, and it opens onto the, like the the underground tunnels and the asylum. I really like that. I really like that reveal. That's like one of the. One of, like, the the clever original things that I think this movie does because mostly it's just retreading the same ground of the first one. But, like, that subversion is really nice. I mean, you kind of see it coming because, like, you know there's got to be more to the movie at this point. But still, like, the reveal of the elevator doors opening and it's just, like, those tunnels with, like, the pipes on the ceiling. Fairy Nightmare on Elm Street, kind of, you know?
2: And, like, the, uh, the, the
0: girlfriend's, like, like reaction of, like, sitting down and them try, having to, like, coax her out of the elevator and her being like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna. That stuff's good.
1: Yeah, and that rolls right into them meeting uh, Ricky yes. Cricket. So, that's when uh, that's when
0: Lance Dresden shows up, yeah. Yeah, it
1: feels like that whole section of the movie is where it's at its strongest. But that's, like, what... 20 or 30 minutes in before the end of the movie yeah probably 30 probably 30 minutes it's it's
0: definitely over an hour in um 30 40 minutes before the end maybe it's i i agree it's it's the it's the strongest part of the movie it's the part where they feel like they're actually like trying something different But it comes after so much, like, retreading of Common Ground, after also a lot of, like, really boring preamble at the beginning, like, getting to know the characters, too. Yeah. So it's like, at that point, I'm like, okay, this is finally getting interesting, but I have a hard time really caring anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I was definitely woken up by the return of Lance Preston. I... Um, yeah, and they do. Mm-hmm. He's he's
0: he's fun. He's he's hamming it up in a nice way. Oh yeah, okay. uh, his his little his little lair where he's been living is is pretty fun too. With oh. like all the candles and like his sort of like mad scrawlings on the wall and the the generic like a uh, vent, big vent with a fan in it that has a a very bright unmotivated light source somewhere on the other side shining through. So it creates I, interesting shadows. I, I love the
1: giant map he has. That oh. he's mapping
2: out. Oh, yes. The... His, his, uh, his uh, Because, like, the, the, the place is ever shifting and changing, so his map also is, like, folds in different ways to, to reflect. Yeah. The,
1: awesome.
0: The only, time, the only time I'll ever do this, but it's like the Marauder's Map from Harry Potter.
2: <laughs> that is the only time. <laughs> Drink it up, folks. You're never getting to one of those references. Drink
0: it up. I'm, ne- I'm never going to make a fucking Harry Potter reference ever again, but it, it did. The prop The prop did remind me remember of, the
2: of that. Or which in, which in, one is that from?
0: It shows up a few times, but I think it shows up the first time in the I think it was one?
1: Harry Potter and the Trans Panic. Oh, uh, yes. That, that classic one that
2: we that all remember. Be. Yeah, well... Enough about J.K. Rowling being a she-turf now, but yeah, like it's a
0: it's a it's a map of the asylum. <laughs> it's a map of the asylum that has like a bunch of different like flaps that you unfold, and it sort of like changes the map because like through all these years, he's been mapping like the the shifting patterns of the asylum, like the logic to it, which I I do think is a is another cool sort of like aspect of it. Like when he's sort of like. Trying to lead them around, and there's the part where they fought, They go to, like, the one door, and he opens it, and it's just, like, a closet, and he closes it, and he opens it again, and it's just a closet, and they're all like, this is a waste of time, what the fuck are you doing? And then he opens it a third time, and it's all of a sudden, like, a passage to, like, a different part of the asylum. I thought that was kind of fun. They yeah, all that was like fun. Spent... He spent all of these years figuring out the the logic of this shifting labyrinth so he can like navigate it. I think that's cool. I wish there had been more of that actually and I that agree. they had introduced it sooner.
3: Yes. Get them well, get it, them
0: to it, the it... asylum. Get them to the asylum 15 minutes in. Introduce Lance Preston 30 to 45 minutes in and then have the rest of the the movie be that. Yep. yep. Yeah,
1: well, it's funny because they introduced that idea and then uh, none of the characters ever try that again. When they get lost or uh, think they're they're doubling uh, back well, to where they've been, they kind of they they do they do like one other kind of fun
0: thing with it, where they're like in the bathroom and he Lance Preston starts like beating breaking the the wall with like the the metal pipe that he's carrying around, and he breaks a hole in it. And the camera guy goes through and he, like, falls from the ceiling.
1: Yeah, I thought that was Where funny. they
0: do, like, that spatial shift. That's That and the one where the, he, like, opens the door a couple of times into the closet and then it's a passage. Those are the only times they really do that. And I think there's, like, so... There's so much meat there where they could do fun things with that, like, shifting of space and, like, navigating this, uh this, uh, like shifting asylum, but they don't, they don't really take advantage of that in a way that they should. I think,
2: well, it's you kind know of I, a shame. uh, I've brought this up a few times before, but it's the same problem that like a modern, a lot of modern like requels make. Uh, Oh yeah. I brought it up very recently with the, the Halloween trilogy, the new Halloween trilogy, if you can even call it a trilogy, because we're paying homage to the original. Um And we're bringing in the original characters. We have to both feature them and the new ones with a fairly equal amount of screen time. and unfortunately, in this case, the the new characters suck like they're not they're not that fun or and fun. they also have
0: they have way more screen time.
2: correct, which makes it even yeah. worse it's uh,
0: not even it's not even like equal screen time yeah it's it's weird because like I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but like the the movie starts with like, a series of, like, YouTube vloggers, at least some of which are real, and I don't know if they got them to do this for the movie specifically, or if they just asked them permission to use their videos or whatever, but it's sort of like a montage of, like, people talking about grave encounters and, like, some people being like, oh, it's so scary, and some people being like, oh, it sucks, and the effects are bad, and it's the worst movie ever made. And... Like, they spend spend so much time sort of, like, playing with that idea where, like, yeah, we know we're making a sequel to Grave Encounters and we gotta do all the sequel stuff. But it never feels like they actually have anything substantial to say about that. Because they really do just do Grave Encounters again. They don't really subvert anything other than, like, sort of, like, the fake-out of them thinking they escaped the asylum and then they actually didn't, there are no real subversions upon the original in this movie, are there? Like, can y'all think of any?
2: No, I think it's best when it's just further exploring the fun stuff, and, you know, there's just not as much of that as there could have been.
0: Yeah, I no, I, yeah. I agree with yeah. you, but also, like, what's what's the point of... Oh, making, what's, what's the point of making a sort of meta-referential take on your own work that is, like, acknowledging the opinions of, of, like, the real world? What is the point of doing that if you're not trying to either subvert what you've done before or say something about that? You know what I mean? Like, I...
2: I disagree a little bit here. Once again, I think I don't think any of the problems with that stuff uh exist on paper. I think if if the protagonists had been more compelling and more fun, that this movie would have been large and they made their way there much sooner. Um like skip all the stuff with like the Lance Preston's mom and all that. Like for yeah, for God, yeah please skip all of those scenes and Yeah, who
0: cares? Like,
2: reduce the party scene or just cut it. Like or or get a little achronological with it, you know, so that we can we can start with them arriving there, and then we can get a little backstory or something but uh i I do like the idea the meta narrative here i I like it a lot actually i that you know like oh grave encounters is isn't real, they released the movie, it's essentially our world, but oh, it actually is but I mean, it is totally real. um and i and i also i especially on paper uh really like the ending i think that's that's very fun the things i i don't like have largely been said oh except for one thing which we do, we we touched on a little bit but the other subversion that you were looking for i i, I not a good one but there is another one and that that is the ghost okay um the ghost messaging them is dark side
0: oh okay America. yeah that would uh, be a death, death, um, awaits. death
2: death awaits death awaits yeah is like so this this person on youtube is messaging them they're sending him stuff. him saying like a new footage they're emailing them new footage or whatever of grave encounters and they're trying to figure out like oh the what they're the like, ones who put the
0: pro- they're the ones who put the protagonist on the trail that you know yeah. maybe grave encounters yeah. is actually real they they, they set said, them they set them on the course
2: right and so they get to the asylum and they're doing shit and they find a spirit board or it's, it's a fancy ouija board and um they, well, it's uh,
0: somebody has drawn a Ouija board on the top, on the uh, uh, on a card table.
2: Yes, um, it looks good though. It's good practical. It's a good. It's sure. A good um, and they they play on it, and the Ouija board reveals itself as uh, "Tales from the Dark Side" fifty eight or whatever the name is you just oh. said. Um, uh, death awaits. Death awaits. And... It's what's
0: it's what's written on the doors of the asylum in the original, right. and in this one, right. when they go in, it says "Death." Uh, somebody has spray painted on the door, Death Awaits.
2: Yes. So, Death Awaits reveals themselves to be a ghost on the Ouija board. Um, and the, the little... Who's
0: been, mess- <laughs> <laughs> has been messaging-, messaging them through the internet, talking to them on YouTube, because the ghosts can, can access YouTube. It's dumb.
3: It's really yeah. dumb.
0: I mean, it's no, fun. you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. You're hundred percent correct. This is one of the film's quote unquote subversions. It's also the dumbest one in the movie. It
2: is dumb. Uh I think it's it's kind of fun and silly. I don't really like what that does to like the the asylums, like House of Leavesy in between dimensions, deep lore or whatever. Like it doesn't really fit. It doesn't really mesh to me. I also don 't really care because it's grave encounters well,
0: <laughs> but what it tries to do and what the what the film does sort of uh, what try to do throughout is that it tries to turn the asylum into the overlook hotel from the shining it tries to make the yeah. setting itself and it tries to make the setting itself an entity that has a will of its own and while i have always thought that that's a cool idea in principle, and it's one of the things I like about The Shining, both the film and the book. I I feel like it's so clumsy in this movie that it doesn't feel as impactful or spooky as it should.
2: I have I have a a comparison here. Now it's it's a bit it's a bit stupid. So uh, bear with me, and this will lead into like the the end of the movie in a nice way, to... but. I really like modern, scary Godzilla. I really like Godzilla when Godzilla is, like, properly scary, and we barely see them, Uh, you know, coming in out of the dark, and they're a giant lizard, and uh, you really feel you like... You haven't even
0: seen Shin movie. Godzilla yet.
2: I haven't even seen Shin Godzilla yet, but that's already... You're gonna, yeah,
0: love, I, you're gonna love that, fam.
2: I, I have been saving that one for a special night. I, I, I'm really looking forward to watching Shin Godzilla. and we should do I, that. We should I do love, that in love, like,
0: 2023 like for the podcast. Scary, yeah, okay. yeah like,
2: properly scary kaiju movies are are awesome to me. And then I also really, really love when it's just a campy guy in a rubber suit. I, I could watch that all day equally. I, I I love them both for very different reasons. Now the reason I bring that up is because they are it's the same thing executed very differently, and I like both. And <laughs> I think that comparison for me. Holds for Grave Encounters versus The Shining as well. Because they're both trying to do uh, astral realm stuck between two worlds. The, the building is alive and is its own thing. It's haunted by ghosts. Uh, one is doing it, like, with a plum and uh, very classy and literary and scary. And it's Stanley Kubrick and Stephen King. And it's great. And it's fun. Uh, and then this is the rubber suit version in my eyes, like, and so while yeah. they're trying to do the same thing, they're also not. And like, I think that there's room, there's plenty of room for both to exist. And I love them both for very different reasons.
1: Sure. But the, the big problem with this one is we just don't get enough of that. Sure. You know, but, well, I, we, I'd say, I'd say the big problem with this one in going off of your own
0: metaphor mm-hmm. is that while I, I get what you're saying, the fact is that in this movie there's not a rubber suit. Like I know that that's like uh well, that you're not being literal that that you're not that you're not being literal here but the charm of those Godzilla movies is that there's literally a dude in a rubber suit yeah. and it's fun. Well, and it's like this is this is faster. just this is just the dumber this is just the dumber version of The Shining. Without the fun camp, it's just less well developed. I would say there's kind of like a fun campy element with like the the entity that is the asylum, like picking up all of the cameras. Yeah, exactly, and that's like, campy
2: as shit. That's where I was going. Like with that. and
0: that like then that like doing and like the 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 ghost is doing the filming or whatever. Yeah, but. Man, there's not there's not enough of that. And also just like so late into the movie, like it just feels kinda dumb. Well, I like, you know, there's that, there's also I like it uh, on paper, but the giant vortex
1: that shows up on the wall that that sucks. Oh yeah, the CG
0: the CG vortex, the CG uh the astral butthole. There's
1: certainly a a camp element to that, you know, as well as even the the red door, you know, near the end. But the thing is, like, I don't think it's played campy enough to differentiate itself from being just bad CG or bad effects work.
0: The strange thing is that, like, the original Grave Encounters, I think, is an absolutely fantastic balance of camp and horror. I think it really, really walks that line very, very well. And I think this movie sort of plays at that, but it doesn't do a good job of the camp or the horror. I can't quite put my finger on like where exactly it misses either of those. I think it maybe misses the horror because it's just literally redoing everything that the first Grave Encounters does so it's no longer novel like it's we've seen it before. And I maybe it fails element, because
1: it doesn't lean hard enough into it. I don't know. It, I think the camp element is also a problem of pacing. Right, like, because yes the part of the reason it works in the first grave encounters is it feels like a haunted house ride, right? Like you're going through, and consistently throughout the movie, you're getting kind of scary moments, and with this one, things you are discovering rolling. the rules
0: you're discovering the rules as you go too,
1: yeah, yeah, in this one the 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 whole thing doesn't get rolling until like halfway through. And by that point, they have to rush into what they're doing, and uh, they don't have enough time to really emphasize the, the camp amusement park ride sort of vibe to it. And also, having
0: seen the original Grave Encounters, you already know the rules. I don't think there's any like new rules of the environment Or of the monster, so to speak, really introduced in this movie. Like, we kind of get some of its motivations in that, like, it wants to use these tapes, these films, to try to draw more people to it. More people like this who think that, oh, yeah, we got to go to the asylum to see if it's really real or not, you know, like to create that intrigue. And it's like, that's kind of interesting on paper. Again, I don't think it's particularly well handled in the movie, but also, like, that's not, that's not, like, a rule of the monster or the environment. It's sort of like a motivation, but it's like, once you go into this movie, it's like, you know, like, okay, when you're in the asylum, like, time and space don't work the same. There's ghosts all over the place who make the grave encounters face at you and will kill you, And, uh, you know, it's always nighttime and you can't get out. We know this. And the movie, this movie doesn't do anything to subvert that. It's just more of that that we've already seen. very
1: little to subvert that. I think, again, one of the most successful scenes is when they think they escape to the hotel. And the elevator opens. Because it feels like a true subversion. It feels like the kind of imagined rules is if you escape, you're, you know, out, and suddenly yeah, it does it... pulled out from under you.
0: You're right. It does feel like a greater extension of the powers of this place. That it, it it can go so far as to trick you into thinking that you're leaving and getting in your car. And when they turn on the car, like it's playing the, the CD or the music that they had playing already. They can get all the way back to the hotel and like pack up all of your stuff. Like that does sort of feel like... An extension of the powers of this place that we've seen from the first one. We didn't, we didn't know that it could, that it can go so far. But again, that's such, in the grand scheme of things, that's such a short, that's such like a small part of this movie. Yeah, and that's why it feels like that part feels like the, it's probably my favorite part of this whole movie because it's the only like. I think, really interesting, kind of subversive part of the whole thing that doesn't just feel, like, by the numbers, which the rest of the movie does. Yeah, I totally
1: agree.
2: Yeah, I think there's enough camp in it for me to be, like, at least relatively satisfied. You know, not enough to, like, maybe, like, fucking stand and clap or anything, but, like, I... I
0: I like what's there. I like the big goblin man that chases them when yeah, they're a- out, of the, out of the out of the asylum oh. when they when they think when they think that
1: they're escaping the first time. The big goblin what did man. Y'all, that's chases them. What did y'all think of the effects in general
2: in this movie? Uh, when they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're funny, and it's solid. Yeah,
0: there is it. I, I would say the effects are similar to the first one in terms of technical. Proficiency, but they push them farther in this one in ways that show the shortcomings.
2: Yeah, uh, and also like m- more apparently because of the pacing, they don't have the same weight that they do in the first movie. Like, they're like the like they're pretty like actually actually chilling. Um,
0: yeah, like the 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 grave the grave encounters cool. face with the the big stretchy spooky mouth. You know, like, that that effect is practically identical in this one to what yeah. we saw in the original. They use it way more heavily in this one, mm. um, so you get to see a little bit more. Like, as an effect, like, it's brief enough that, like, especially for when both of these movies came out, like, it's pretty good i I can I'm fine with it, but then this movie also does shit like we already mentioned, like the big uh the big ghost butthole that appears in the wall and sucks up Lance Preston at the end, and like the shot of like all of the cameras like uh floating up out of the bag and around him, and it's like that stuff looks pretty bad, like I don't think that it's any worse than the effects, the, the, like the quality of the effects in the original, but they're just doing more with it, so it's more apparent.
1: I, I feel like there were more misses than hits in terms of the effects in this movie. Which Yeah, is probably. Because I think uh, the first one, while it definitely had some misses in terms of effects, um, it did have some really creative, solid stuff. I think at a higher yeah, level
0: than this one. Well, that's, that's, a, I mean, I think the thing about the first one is that they didn't overdo it. They yeah. knew, they knew like when to use their effects. And you know, like this movie does have, uh, you know, some clever, like, practical editing tricks. You know, like, I already talked about, like, when the goth girl, like, gets separated from them. Um, another one that I think of that I, that I like pretty well as an effect is, like, at the end when our shitty protagonist is, like, uh, beating his girlfriend to death with the camera... And the astute eye can tell that, like, when, like, the lens, like, hits her face and cracks, that's where they're, like, putting the cuts to, like, apply additional makeup to her face to make her look more, like, brutalized and beaten. Yeah. um but the overall effect i think is is pretty well done it's yeah. uh you know it's sure. pretty it's pretty un, it's pretty unsettling uh it's not particularly pleasant to watch as it shouldn't be the um and and the, and the actress does a good job the the practical effects the makeup of like what they do to her face is good like that in those instances i like it like i i you know, as as usual, and you know, sort of like our our obnoxious, pretentious protagonist in this movie is like, I, I do really appreciate when they do these sort of like practical tricks with like editing to like change your sense of space and stuff like that, and to hide clever cuts. Uh, I think that that works much better than the CG, which this movie rags on a lot. The protagonist rags on a lot, but this movie also leans pretty heavily on CG. There's a lot of it in this movie, and not very good
1: CG at that. One of the things that kind of dings some of the effects in this movie is they keep showing clips of the first movie in this one, and the clips they show have better effects. For the most part.
0: Bro, that's, like, how often have we said that on this podcast? Is that, is like, don't show fucking clips of better movies that came before. Like, don't do that. Don't invite those direct (laughs) comparisons. Halloween Ends did it too. I think that's the last time we talked about it. But it's not the only time we've talked about It's like, why go out of your way... To remind your audience of better films.
2: Oh no, I don't uh, understand.
0: Actually, we, we made I understand that impulse. Recently,
2: um, uh, because they're watching Abbott and Costello, uh, uh, on.
0: Oh yeah, in the Munsters just last oh, yeah, week. It, yeah, it, they're uh, watching. They're watching a lot of. They're watching a lot of better. Man, that just goes to show how hard yeah. my my brain has like tried to block those memories already. It was only a week ago, yeah. but I'm like. Trying desperately, subconsciously to not remember the monsters.
2: Such a bad movie. Hey Tease. While we're yeah. talking about the Monsters and Ben. What's a worse movie?
1: Than the Monsters? Yeah. Meet the Spartans.
2: Yeah, maybe.
0: I haven't seen that since I was probably thirteen, so I can't really remember for sure. Yeah. I'll I don't know, movie man. Movies. Like it's it's probably It's up there. It's probably because it's probably because it's so fresh, but the Munsters is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Like, like I, I struggle. I, I
2: ask because I don't have an answer. Like I, I, I can't think of one. If you, if
0: you give, if you give me a long enough to, if you give me long enough to think about it, I probably could come up with something. Mm-hmm. But certainly in recent memory and of the films we've talked about on the podcast, like
2: it is definitely yeah. the worst. I'm haunted by how shitty that movie was. Like <laughs> yeah, I think about it a
1: lot. There's a few movies I think that I've seen that are worse. Like the haunting of Sharon Tate is definitely worse.
0: I think both of y'all will like willingly subject yourselves to worse movies than I do on a more regular basis. But
2: even still, I can't like at least usually those movies are trying to have a good time.
0: I see. I willfully, I, I willfully subject myself to like the most boring mid ass movies you've ever seen, like all the time, which is maybe arguably worse than subjecting yourself to like truly terrible movies i'm the type of motherfucker who will put on the most generic fucking bullshit that you scroll past on netflix just to have something on
2: (laughs) (laughs) no well that's the thing is i do that too like there's no winning like dude just the i was i was talking to ben about this um is i kind of long for the days when you were just watching something because it was on
0: where yeah the cable days yeah
2: Yeah, where you didn't like i I didn't grow up with cable but like i had like 10 channels on television so my options were like even more limited you too tees yeah yeah same
0: i also didn't grow up with cable yeah it's like oh well i want to watch something and this is on that is truly like a different time like i think of like being a kid and like the shit my mom and i watched on like basic network television because we didn't have cable, we were like fully into like American Idol and like so you think you can dance and shit like that. Like life? we'd fucking yeah, because it's what was on. Yeah, it's what yeah, was on. It's Survivor, on Survivor, Survivor, bro. Yeah. Like and the kind of shit where the all that shit where we would fucking we'd call in our votes every week. You know, uh-huh. where you where you dial the the specific mm. number and press such and such to vote for. For so and so. It was all it was all that and fucking uh Seinfeld reruns.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like that. I mean, one one of my favorite uh features of Shudder is they just have like that live TV Yeah, they
0: just have a live streaming channel, which is fucking awesome. It's like you can just put it on. It's like I don't really care what I'm watching. There's just something that is on right now. It is it's it's a nostalgic throwback. It is Absolutely one of the coolest features of Shudder. Mm. Also a great way to, like, see stuff that you would probably never watch otherwise, just because it's on, you know? Yep. Yeah.
2: There's no algorithm, like, trying to queue up exactly what I would want to watch. There's no sense of, uh, you know, like, I, there's no, like, moment where I have to sit down and pick and decide amongst, like, the just the massive wall of, of content out there. Like, you just you just sit down, and it's playing, and you watch it, and, like... Yeah. You, you know, like, it, amongst all of the mediocrity that you have to filter through in that, there's a joy and a beauty in finding something you weren't seeking, too, and... Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, and I, and I think that, like, some real... You can hit some real gems just by... Just being like, yeah, let's see. Why not? Fuck it. It
0: definitely... Yeah, it, it reminds me of, like going to friends' houses as a kid and just put, like, having the sci-fi channel on and watching, like, a lot of those, like, old fucking mid-2000s sci-fi original movies that are, like, really terrible, but also, like, uniquely kind of charming. Like, there's still... There's a couple of those movies that I still have, like, actively living in my head that I fucking saw on sci-fi channel that I never would have fucking watched otherwise. They're not good movies, but have like left and have been like impactful enough from like discovering them on sci fi that I still remember them. Yeah. Um anyway, I think the fact that we have strayed so far from talking about Grave Encounters too just goes to show that we don't have anything else to say about this movie. So shall we rate? Yeah, yeah. yeah we might as well. Well, Cleveland, this was this was your pick, so we'll we'll let you do the honors and start us off.
2: Yeah, I would say this is a fairly easy three. I like the good. I'm willing to rate it a little bit higher for the good. I think a two point five is also fine. Uh or even a two. Like I don't, I don't uh I'm not not i am not i am not super worried about it, but I'll I'll be a little generous on this one and give it a three. I I, I the the stuff i like about this movie i do particularly like and i do want to note too that i i really love the how in at the end of the movie uh the producer like looks at the camera and he says i want to do what i i regrettably didn't do last time and say that none of this movie is real and then you have the protagonist kind of nod along with that with this like haunted look in their eye implying that it all is and i thought that i think that's fun i think that's neat uh not enough to rate higher than 3 but like i Again, the rickety-cricket stuff, the corniness is good. I I do, I do wish there was more of it, of course. Um, but what's there is enough to satisfy.
1: Ben, where are you at? Uh, Yeah, this movie was pretty disappointing. I had to go back and see what I rated uh, the first one. I gave that one a 2.5. And, and this one is definitely worse than the first one, so I'm going to give this one a 2. I think in retrospect... You know, I probably would bump Grave Encounters 1 to a 3 in comparison. But yeah, I'd yeah. Forgot
0: you, I forgot you'd given the original Grave Encounters such a low score. I feel like I yeah. gave it... I need to double check, but I feel like I gave it like a 4 or something like that, or at least a 3.5. Yeah,
2: probably a 4.
0: Because um, I, I like the first Grave Encounters. But um. anyway, in, in regards to this one... Um, I'm gonna give it the I'm gonna give it the two and a half out of five. I'll split the difference with you guys. Like, it's it's not a miserable watch, but I struggle to come up with any good reason to watch it over the original Grave Encounters because like it really doesn't bring anything new and interesting to the table. I don't think like it. It has a couple of like good sequences and some some interesting stuff, but um yeah, it's 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 really pretty middle of the road for me. I would I would definitely say just watch the first one, you'll get everything you need to out of it. So that'll give uh Grave Encounters two an average of two and a half out of five. This one falls pretty squarely into see it or don't. It's up to you. Dear listener,
1: Ben, what's next week? Uh, next week we are covering a new movie. Uh, it is Bones and All. Oh, the, new, the the new the new Luca, the new Luca Guadagnino. It looks uh, like a movie that'll have a beginning, a middle, end, and an end.
2: Why are we covering that and not the the chef or the table or whatever that
1: one's called? Because we fucking Did predicted you? it. You dork. Well. Honestly,
0: honestly, I think Bones and All looks pretty good. I'm pretty excited about it.
2: I don't know anything about it. I don't know who those names are. I don't I'll, I'll just find Uh, it. Luke, uh Luca the new Luca, Suspiria.
0: The Suspiria oh. remake.
2: Oh, I did Well, I I did like that yeah. movie.
0: And uh and call me by your name. It's that it's that Luca Guadagnino. And it's a it's a can, it's a cannibal movie, well, which Cleveland, I'm very partial I think, to.
2: I think that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, so I called you by my name there. That was the joke. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thanks, tease. I appreciate You're
2: it. You're welcome.
0: Next next week Bones and All. We yeah, hope bones. you'll be there with we hope you'll be there with us with all of your bones. You know, if they make a
2: sequel else. to the movie, will they call it Bones and All and some more bones? Bones and All yeah, and maybe. some. more bones.
0: And more bones. Um all right. Well uh <laughs> the bone the bones are their dollars. <laughs> uh hey, well thanks. That makes that makes our our outro music easy for me. I was curious, I didn't know what I was gonna do for this one. But yeah, uh, it'll be good. Too. perfect.
2: Yeah, you
0: might want to <laughs> save yeah. that
1: for next week.
0: No, next week I'll use uh something from the metal band Bone All. Um oh. AWL <laughs> 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 so, uh. <laughs> but uh well since we're we're remote tonight no sponsor so we'll just we'll just fucking wrap it up uh leave us a five-star rating on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts uh support us on patreon patreon.com slash pod people yeah
2: you're the but sponsor yeah you're
0: the sponsor
2: the honorary to, pod Boy. by listeners like you
0: the honorary pod boy tier gives you access to our Discord channel. So, uh you can subscribe at that level and come hang out with us and talk about movies and dumb stuff. Shout out to our honorary pod boys Sam Simon and Zach Confer. If you want your name added to that list, patreon.com/podpeoplepod. Um there is a continually real a continually real I'm possibility I would continually a continu a continuingly real possibility that Twitter will not exist by the time this episode comes out. But if it still does, we are on Twitter at PodPeoplePod and at letterbox.com slash PodPeoplePod, where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. This I am... Me...
2: On your yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I... It's awful. I am maybe on Twitter at some spooky snake and also twitch.tv slash some spooky snake for monthly spooky Saturday streams.
1: Uh, I'm on Letterboxd. Uh, I'm gonna Go change ahead. my username soon, so uh, just follow the pod people Letterboxd and I'll put something on there about it. Giving up on Twitter, it. yep. I, it'll be gone in a week by this time, maybe. it'll probably be gone. We'll see.
2: Who knows? Anyway, what I know is that you can find a lot of the cool stuff I'm working on on DreadXB.com. Uh There's just so many cool fucking games happening. Uh, as of this recording, Mirror Forge will be soon to be out, if not out. So go check out Mirror Forge. I did some art for that, um, and uh, yeah, the developer, uh, Mists of Dev, is a, is a wonderful person, and you should you should support their their game, super fun and scary
0: alright, well uh, that'll that'll do it for us this week Grave Encounters mean, is real, but the not the second one
3: the horses they were neighing the day Robert Palin shot me down follow my lead NG he rode into town on a jet black mare spat and hitched her to a tree he made his way to the town saloon the day robert palins murdered me it was also the night that the skeletons came to life they came from under the ground and from all over the... He was grabbed the preacher's daughter. He aimed to shoot her at my crown. He cocked that crooked hammer back and he brought that hammer down. Exactly. Wow. The bones are the skeletons' money. In our world, bones equal dollars. That's why they're coming out tonight to get their bones from you. The skeletons will pull your hair up, but not out. All they want's another chance at life. They've never seen so much food as this... Undergrounders have as much food as this, and the worms are their money, the bones are their dollars. And the A wind... bullet ripped inside my chest, the clouds they did storm. My sweet Marie, she cried for me, and then I was no more. And it was all the This came to life! The bones are their money, so are the worms. They pull your hair up, but not out to turn into a man and have another chance at life. But if they pull it out, they turn to bones. Yes!